Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Madrid podcast. Now, coming up today, I'll be talking to BN Sports commentator Phil Shane about the season so far. Uh, we'll be looking at some of the individual performances of key players and potentially who could be coming or going this summer. First, though, let's have a look at what's been making some of the media headlines over the last few days or so. Ilian Hazard has been blunt about his disappointing season so far. He said, my first year has been poor, but it's been a season of adaptation. I will be judged, he said, by the performance in my second season. It is up to me to be in good shape. Marcelo is again being linked with a summer switch to Juventus with Maurizio Sarri looking to strengthen his choices at fullback. Presently, he just has Sandra. Now, the player himself has two years left on his Madrid contract, which he has always maintained that he wanted to complete. But with the option of fewer games going forward for Real Madrid and the potential of a three-year contract on offer in Turin, it might just be enough to sway his decision this summer. One who still speaks very highly, though, of Marcelo and who still sees a future for him at Real Madrid is the former Madrid and Brazil international Roberto Carlos. He said he'd love to see Marcelo back in a Brazilian shirt. He said he is the best left back at present. And despite Tite losing confidence in him, he said everybody deserves another opportunity. I think he said he is growing back into the player that we knew he always was. Roberto Martinez was interviewed uh, yesterday. He was talking about Eden Hazard as well as Thibaut Courtois on Hazard. He said he's adapted well in Madrid. The only problem has been the significant number of injuries. He said he's been very lucky. He said luck does play a huge role in football. He's missed more games this season than in eight previous at Chelsea. He said, but I am convinced that his luck will soon change. And he will go on to be a very decisive player for Real Madrid. On Thibaut Courtois, he was asked if he thought he was the best goalkeeper in the world, to which he gave a simple one-word answer, yes. Now, there is plenty of speculation about Erling Haaland's future almost everywhere you look in the media these days. There's cases being built for him to move from Dortmund this summer. Uh, for some, Jovic and Mariana moving in the opposite direction would soften any potential blow that Dortmund would feel. His agent, though, Mino Raiola, does not believe that he will move this summer. As for Borussia Dortmund, it's rare in these instances as well that a deal is done which involves player exchanges. They prefer instead to take the cash up front. And staying with Borussia Dortmund, Jadon Sanchez's potential move this season is at the moment looking as if it will be to Manchester United, who are ready to offer 120 million euro to sign him. Now, there is a poll which has been running pretty much all week asking Real Madrid's fans which forward they would like to see signed this summer. Erling Haaland, Mbappe, Latoura Martinez and Timo Werner. The clear winner in that poll by quite a considerable distance is Mbappe. Plenty of media commentators speculating that PSG, who after Barcelona have the highest salary bill in world football, coupled with this uh, oil price collapse, by the way, as well, will need to balance the books and uh, it could lead to the sale of Mbappe. Uh, the player's view, though, remains, and I quote, I stay calm and focused on PSG at the moment. At the end of the season, we'll see. 
Oh, a subtle message has been appearing across the medias aimed at the growing number of clubs who think there may be a possibility of signing Freddy Valverde in the summer, especially, of course, if Pogba arrives and Odegaard returns. Now, the clear, unequivocal message is his release fee is $500 million, and even if it is matched, we won't be selling. Chelsea are the latest club to be linked with Luka Jovic, with Tammy Abrams stalling on a revamped contract. Chelsea potentially looking to act quickly ahead of a number of other clubs interested, including, of course, Tottenham and indeed Arsenal. And staying in London, Arsenal, who are keen to keep Danny Ceballos, are also looking at the potential to sign James Rodriguez, for whom next season is pivotal, really, if he has any desire to play in the delayed Cup of America or indeed the upcoming World Cup. And elsewhere, names that haven't left the news this week, Ferran Torres, Rayan Cherki, and gaining in coverage this week is the name of Nico Melamed, or Nico, the soon-to-be 19-year-old central defender at Espanyol, a batch of clubs including the likes of Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Real Madrid, and Chelsea as well, all keen to pay his 8 million release clause. And that concludes the roundup of what's been making the media over the last couple of days. Now, I caught up with BN Sports Real Madrid commentator Phil Shane for a chat about the season so far. And we looked at some of the individual performances of key players so far this season. Today, then, here in part one, we look at Thibaut Courtois and the back four. First, though, does Phil think that Zidane has found the job to be much more difficult than he thought it would be second time around. I, I think he thought it would be different, but I'm not quite sure he was ready for how different the second time around, because in many ways it's not even from a playing perspective. But uh, everyone in the front office, uh, the clubs themselves uh, that were they would be facing uh, already had an idea of what to expect. So it didn't quite work out that well last year towards the end where he stepped in and it got off to a slow start this year. However, I think if you're going to look at uh, the big clubs, the big three especially, uh, of those three, I think you could argue even though Real Madrid at the moment are not in first place, they have been the most consistent and I guess the closer to on form of of any team that has a chance for the championship uh, just a little bit of a wobble perhaps at the worst possible time considering what's been going on around the globe at the moment uh, we'll see how this one plays out if it does but I, I do think that Zinedine Zidane knew it would be different I, I don't think he could be psychic enough to figure out exactly how different Let's take a look at some of the individual performances, beginning with Thibaut Courtois. Now, he had a difficult first season. I think it's fair to say there were plenty of critics on his performances. But this season, he's been the undisputed number one. And that has had a big effect because he's now back to being amongst the best goalkeepers, not only in Europe, but the best in the world. I think that that's without a doubt, and in fact, there is an argument if he's not the best in La Liga right now. Uh, statistically, you could make that argument quite clearly. Um, I think probably the only one that could challenge is, in my mind, the guy that might be the best goalkeeper on earth but never gets the 
the honors, and that's the man that replaced him at Atletico. But I think what we've seen right now, and somewhat surprising, considering the vulnerabilities we saw start to peak last year with both Ramos and Marcelo, this year a year older, maybe a little more vulnerable, but uh, credit to Zidane and the formation and the system. Credit to Courtois for his ability to adapt a bit and perhaps be uh, a bit more aggressive than his personality normally uh, would allow. But I, I think he has been phenomenal and really the big reason that Real Madrid has been at the top of the table for so much this year. Especially so, because people look at the back four and say, look, there are many, many issues here. It's an aging defense. A player's side maybe aren't quite of the Madrid standard, maybe of the past. But let's take a look at one in particular, Fernand Mendy, who has taken to La Liga live very much in his stride. He's a strong, powerful athlete, and he has arguably ended Marcelo's tenure as the number one choice. And it's strange in the fact that there was a stretch, and maybe there was something going on health-wise, fitness-wise, that we did not know, that was not made public. But just when it seemed as though there was no doubt that Mendy had taken over that number one spot at left back, uh, that Marcelo came back. And I think as good as Mendy is, there's something missing from the attack, from the fluidity when Marcelo is not out there, and maybe that's one of the reasons that Marcelo got back in favor, favor at least until uh, just before the break, the fact that this is an offense that has struggled for goals. Even Kareem Benzema, especially since the calendar turned, uh, has not been scoring as much as you would think, considering the chances that he gets, considering the chances Real Madrid gets. So maybe it was one of those situations where Zidane decided let's stick Marcelo in just a little bit, see what happens offensively, and hopefully that'll more than counter whatever defensive frailties there are. But I, I think from an isolated, pure playing perspective, there's no doubt that Mendy has stepped in and taken over that spot, even to the point where there are now some rumors and reports that uh, Marcelo could be joining Cristiano Ronaldo at Juventus after the next window. So uh, I do think we're seeing the writing on the wall. I'm not exactly sure where that wall will end, but uh, it looks as though Mendy, at the very least, has given them someone that they can count on for the next few years if they don't go and bring Reguilon back, who I think did a lot of things that Mendy did with perhaps a little bit more on the offensive side, uh, but maybe uh, not quite enough to get Zidane's favor at the moment. And when you take a look at what's going on with Reguilon, what's take going on with Hakimi, um, it's very interesting to see how this is going to play out with those youngsters in the future. But uh, again, for Ferlan Mendy, I don't think he's done anything himself uh, that would give Zidane any reason to doubt what he can bring on, bring to the table. The two central defenders, Sergio Ramos, the, the captain who, of course, still lives and breathes uh, the club. A lot being talked about about him, that maybe he's uh, peaked, he's over the top, he's over the hill, he's not the player that he was. 
is he still an important part of this squad um, or is he on his way out? Can I say both? Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to remember this is a Real Madrid squad that even when they were maybe even closer to their peak uh, than Ramos is, and not saying he's all the way on the downside, but he is uh, in those after years a bit. Uh, but you look at what happened to Iero, you look at what happened to Raul, you look at what happened to Casillas. Uh, this is a club that relishes its history but does not obsess with it. It leaves it in the history books where it belongs rather than maybe holding on a little too long like some clubs might. So I think this year, after a little bit of a slow start, Ramos has stepped his game up. Uh, I think maybe from a fitness perspective, maybe uh, it's also a situation where Varane is playing better than he did last year, so thereby can provide the cover that Eder Militao has stepped his game up uh, and can maybe give a little bit of rest, uh, even with Nacho missing, uh, that Ramos has a chance to be fresher in some of these big games. The one thing you cannot discount is the leadership that he brings. We don't Seven quite goals, have, by the way. Yeah, we don't well. quite have, and I think was it three, maybe four of them are from the spot, so the other ones from the run of play. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it is not the Ramos time we were used to five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. But there are still those moments where he steps up and it's once more into the breach uh, on St. Sergio's Day. So, and I don't know if there are that many players on any team that can provide the leadership that Ramos does. Now, when you scratch the surface of the back four, there isn't a lot of cover. Now, we've seen Militao arrive for a considerable fee last summer, and at times he's struggled. There's talk of interest from Tottenham. He, though, believes that next season is when he will come of age in a white shirt. Do you believe those sentiments to be true? That's a tough one. Uh because you're talking about Real Madrid. If this was just even a Sevilla or an Atletico, I, I could see that. I think it's his versatility that has been one of the bright spots where we've seen him at left back, center back, on either side and right back at times. His youth and, and technical ability uh, has been useful. That did not always serve Nacho Fernandez that well, though. It's... One of those situations where maybe he's so good at being the utility man uh, that they don't give him the starting job. It was, I guess, in some ways what we saw an attacking perspective from uh, from Kareem Benzema versus Morata when they were both sharing the time that when Morata came off the bench, he made things happen. Benzema could not do that. So in effect, uh, it was his ability to come off the bench that doomed Morata to life as a substitute. Militao and Nacho may be so versatile that they are the, the jacks of all trade, masters of none. I, I do think the pairing with Varane is the one that could help him try and fulfill that destiny. Alongside Ramos, I think he's just a slightly less tactically adept, slightly less physically gifted Rafa Varane. 
uh, to the point where there are a few of those situations where you might need to put a fire out behind your captain that Rafa can't, but either that Rafa can, but Ader can't. However, you stick those two together and you have two very similar players uh, that would then allow them to cover for themselves, cover for each other. Uh, and we've seen that a little bit, especially as the season wound on, where it looked quite promising. And like I said, for any other team that doesn't have that stratospheric bar that Real Madrid does, uh, I could see that happening for either. Um, he still has to prove himself in the big games. And if he is able to do that, then I do think that that's a possibility. Uh, but there have been some very, very good defenders international class defenders along the way who have been cast by the wayside because they were not quite Real Madrid good enough. Do you think there is the possibility that remains that he could leave in the summer? There's been a few stories appearing that Jose Mourinho is is a big, big fan. Uh, do you think that the club would be tempted to maybe cash in, take the money and then go and look elsewhere? First, they don't really need the money. Unless uh, Aiden Hazard continues to struggle and they need to maybe, uh, again, other rumors and reports that are coming out, uh, cash their chips in to, to plunk them on the Neymar table uh, and try and convince him from going to go to Real Madrid rather than uh, go back to Barcelona or Kylian Mbappe, similar situation. If they really need to build that bankroll in the short term, uh, then many of these players that are out on loan might be sold permanently. Uh, some of the players that are on the fringes or perhaps reaching the end of the line might also be cast off. Uh, but I don't see that happening. Uh, this bit of a break has been a gift for Hazard, has been a gift for Asensio and some of those others. Let's see what happens. Um, Isco has played his way into a, a favorite role again. Uh, Vasquez maybe more off the bench, but uh, again, I think that Zinedine Zidane has his team in mind at the moment, and he's also one that, uh, strangely enough, considering he was the Galactico, uh, seems to be the only man that can keep Florentino Perez from pulling out his checkbook as his superpower. So, with that in mind, maybe they won't need the money, which means they won't need to let go of either or anyone else uh, because, again, Zidane's faith in the roster that he has at hand. So I, I do think that if he is one of those guys that, uh, uh, that maybe a Mourinho or a Pep or someone has their eye on, uh, it's quite understandable, but I don't think... It's a situation where there's that huge of a backlog because, again, you can sneak two center backs out there, unlike what happened with Hakimi when Carvajal came back, unlike what happened with Reguilon when Mendy became available, uh, that they can afford to keep Militao in and bleed him into the lineup and give him the occasional start, especially knowing that maybe even if it's not next year, we're not that many years away from Sergio Ramos uh, either hanging it up or moving on. So I think Ader's done enough to stay in consideration unless there is a better prospect coming in at that very same position. 
Well, that was part one of my conversation with Phil Shane from Being Sport USA. On Tuesday, we will look at the midfield, the future of Eden Hazard. And will this be the summer when we finally see the arrival of Paul Pogba? Now, don't forget, you can catch up with all of the season's coverage so far via the website, www.realmadridpodcast.com or via iTunes, Google, Spotify or Stitcher. For the moment then, till Tuesday, from me, Tim Cable. Bye-bye. 